to Release to Revive. This is where we talk about you and your energy, how to manage your energy physically, emotionally, and spiritually. As somebody that cannot do coffee, I like the taste, but after drinking it, I'm a flusterhead. I have my heart racing and I crash two days later. Doesn't work. So I was looking for different ways to up my energy, to revitalize and get my enthusiasm going to conquer life and feel good. Down, ba, down, ba, down. Release to revive. Today, I want to chat to you about what I have learned from an incredible book by a scientist called Jessie Inchowski. She's French. You need to get your hands on it if you don't already have it or haven't heard of it, or even check out her Instagram called Glucose Goddess. It's a whole movement. And it's all about leveling your blood sugar. So I'll break it down for you in three steps of how you can do this already today and onwards to make sure you're getting off that roller coaster of having energy and then dipping down and lacking energy and focus as well. So if you've ever experienced that afternoon slump, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you've had breakfast in the morning and then suddenly you felt hungry again an hour or two later and you're like constantly need a snack to keep that energy up or constantly need to refuel with a coffee, right? I'll read you this quote from health.harvard.edu. They've said for many years, the medical field did not fully acknowledge the connection between mood and food. Now this is huge because if you're feeling good, you've got more energy and it really depends on what you eat, but not just what you eat, but how you eat it, which is what we're going to go through in this video. So to give you a brief explanation, you might've seen graphs of this where when we eat food, the glucose spike in our body goes up and then it comes back down around two hours later. And that's how our body has energy to move, to have cognitive thinking going, you know, to keep us alive. So it does depend on in what order you eat them, when you're eating them. And you don't necessarily need to cut anything out. This is the brilliance of this book and this discovery. You don't need to completely cut out all sugar in your life. You don't need to restrain yourself from the yummy snacks that you love. You don't need to, yeah, suddenly go on this like keto diet, which I mean, it has its own benefits, but you don't need to do that. Okay. This is the whole point of hacking this system and still being able to enjoy the meals that you love. First, you need to understand what glucose is, right? So we have a level of glucose when we wake up on a fasted stomach. And those recommendations, if we're under 5.7 of your hemoglobin A1C levels, right? Measuring your glucose in your body. If you have higher than that on your fasted stomach, between 5.7 and 6.5, you're actually in the risk of getting diabetes. And from 6.5 upwards, you have diabetes. Now I want to read you another quote. There's a common belief that if you don't have diabetes, your glucose levels should be of no concern. She's debunked it so well 
because everyone's blood sugar rises and falls, rises and falls, and it really depends on what you're eating. So if you're constantly getting spikes by constantly eating, and we'll talk about what types of foods do that, then that's a really risky path to take because you can go down that path of getting diabetes. Now, if you've already got diabetes, you probably understand all this already quite well. But there's actually been cases where people have reversed diabetes too. Diabetes 1 is something that you're born with and they haven't progressed the research there. But diabetes 2 has been reversed in some of these stories, which is insane. And look, if you don't have diabetes, well, this is what I'm saying. You could be on the verge of having it, first of all, which is not ideal. And because there's a whole lot of symptoms that come from this. There's not only diabetes, though. There's so many symptoms that come from this constant spiking of your glucose levels and your um, energy rising and then dripping down really deep, right? Because what happens when we eat something and let's say it's high in sugar, which produces, produces a lot of glucose in our body and rushes in really fast, which I'll explain in a minute. But then our insulin rises and the insulin's job is to distribute it elsewhere. So then it's not because we're overflowing with it, right? We need to put it somewhere. Otherwise, it's just going to turn into free radicals, which it does anyway, if it can't handle it. So it stores it in our fat cells, for example. So the goal here is to steady that glucose level. So let's explore how we can do that. Just popping in for a quick disclaimer. If you do have diabetes and you are going to plan to make changes to your diet, it will affect your glucose levels drastically. So make sure you check with your doctor first so then they can work with you to amend the medication you're taking. And if you have any other health issues as well, check with your doctor first before making any changes. Glucose levels also are different in every individual person. There's similarities, of course, with sugary things, like everyone's going to get a bit of a spike, but it can be dramatically different between two humans so if you're eating the same muffin at the same time of day without anything beforehand one might get a much higher spike than the other it just depends on their lifestyle and what their body's been through previously so tip one when you get out of bed eat a savory breakfast over a sweet one let me explain imagine your stomach is like a sink okay and this is an example jesse gives in her book as well imagine it's a sink and your intestine is the draining pipe, right? So on an empty stomach, there's nothing in the sink, okay? You've digested all your previous meals from the other day. And if you're going to pour something sugary in there, say some carbs, which turn into sugar, or anything high in fructose or sugar itself, then that will drain straight in to the sink and spike your glucose levels really high. To slow it down, you need to understand the different types of foods first. So there's three food groups. The first food group is vegetables and fibers, which have fibers. Those are the ones we want to eat first because fiber literally slows down the glucose streaming in. Okay, so it's like a little netting acts as a netting in the sink. Once you have had the fiber, then you eat the proteins and fats, which is for example, meats 
or um, if you're a vegetarian, like chickpeas, tofu, stuff high in protein, um, eggs, avocado, just really healthy fats, right? They can help as well. Nuts are healthy fats. They're the second food group that you want to eat because they also help slow down the glucose spike, right? The glucose rushing in. And then we've got the third one, which is your carbs and your sugars. And fruit is a part of that because fruit does have fiber, but it's also high in fructose, which has the same effect as sugar turning into glucose in your body. Okay. There is actually two different things, but we won't get to overcomplicate this. Like you do have a fructose level as well as a glucose level in your body, but they don't really know how to measure the fructose as well yet. So we're focusing on the glucose. And fructose spikes that too. So eating a savory breakfast then helps you level out that spike. And then for two hours following your breakfast, you're feeling fuller. You're feeling more energized. You know, cravings go down. And genuinely, you're probably in a better mood because you're not having that slump and that dip right away. Okay. Whereas if you ate a sugary sweet breakfast there would be nothing to slow down the intake of glucose it would all rush in your insulin would spike your body would freak it's trying to push it into the muscles and into the fats the overflowing glucose and then you feel burnt out once that slump comes two hours later and you literally want to take a nap or you're craving that coffee or you're craving more sugary foods to up that spike of energy again. To give you an example, I love myself scrambled eggs with some spinach, mushrooms, and then maybe a slice of toast at the end for a little bit of taste. And that can be a little bit of carb at the end, right? Or you can have leftovers, like a stir fry that you might have had the night before, um, and have the rice on the end. So many different options, but those are just some examples that you could trade for whatever you're eating now. Because if you think about it, our Western culture, like pancakes, cereal, fruit salad, they are all high in sugar and carbs and they are not ideal. If you love, say, a muesli or a cereals, then maybe trade it for a yogurt with lots of nuts and a little bit of fruit. Just think about those different food groups and what you're putting together for your first meal. Because your first meal also has a trajectory towards the rest of the day for you to either keep craving um, those sweets and then it just keeps going up and down, up and down and you're in the roller coaster already. Okay, start fresh, start well. The second tip is to eat the food in the right order. So that, like I said, you don't have to give up your desserts, your snacks, your sweet treats, your fruit, but just making sure that you're eating it in the right order. So let me show you the fridge because I actually sorted my shelves to kind of match this. I have all my veggies that are low in carbs. Like we've got celery, broccoli, broccolini, tomatoes, mushrooms, snow peas, uh, carrots, lettuce, all in the one drawer. So then I know those are the ones I can reach for to eat first. They're high in fiber, low in carbs. So that's what I would start with, with any meal, okay? 
So now we're on lunch, let's say, in a day. So I'll snack on some little cucumbers or carrots and then I'll maybe make a little toast. So two slices of toast with avocado and a ham slice on it. Ham and avocado, high in fat and protein. Okay, that's the second food group you wanna eat. Beans, chickpeas, they're all high in protein too. And like I said earlier, any type of nuts are high in fat, so you can eat those as well after your veggie intake. Then you can eat your carbs. So got carbohydrates, right? So that's your breads, your pasta, your rice, maybe even a few free sweet treats like a cookie or a muffin or your fruit as well. So then you can have an orange after that meal. So just ordering it in those three food groups in that order. So one, fiber, veggies, and potatoes, just to be clear, are carbs. Secondly, fats and proteins, and then your carbs, thirdly. So again, another thing she goes through in the book is your metabolic flexibility. So that's the um, health of your metabolism. The body's ability to use glucose for fuel from the last meal you've just eaten or using fat for fuel from fat storage units. This allows you to go longer without food, to increase your metabolic flexibility, eat bigger meals less times throughout the day, so more filling meals rather than snacking every hour. So having it within the two hours, that snack of veggies first, and then that'll be a bigger meal anyway, and it'll keep you full for longer. So naturally you won't be reaching for the snacks in an hour's time, okay? Third tip, last but not least, is movement. Look, sugar addiction is a real thing because the more we eat sugar, anything sweet, the more we crave it. So another hack she describes is to move 10 to 15 minutes after you've eaten the high carb or high sugary meal. Let's say you're at a party, there's no bloody veggie sticks around <laughs> and you really want a piece of cake. You're like, okay, cool. I'll have this piece of cake and then I'll excuse myself to leave because you know, it's the end of the party anyway and I'll go for a quick walk around the block. Or maybe even entice someone to come with you to go for a quick walk around the block in that area. Or go to the bathroom and pump out a few squats. <laughs> Do something to move your body and move that blood flow around, moving, engaging your muscles because the overflow of the glucose has been pushed into the muscles and the um, fat stores and so when you start using those muscles, you're burning it off, okay? And you're also, once it's all burnt off, getting into the fat cells. Movement is key after the meal. I know a lot of people think um, that if you can't do it perfectly, then don't do it at all, but that's a really sad mindset. Like, I just want you to take at least one of these tips that you start implementing and you start focusing on doing in your life you will notice a difference. Because look, my story, I'm pregnant at the moment and I had to nap, God, like every three hours at one point. Because I mean, look, growing a baby is hard, but 
it's, it takes toll on your body. But I'm eating well, I thought. I'm eating healthy. I don't understand why I'm like so tired suddenly. And yes, I honored my body and I, and I am privileged enough to have the time to nap. But I just found this and I was like, wow. All these like simple shifts I can do keep me more steady in my energy. And then I felt more productive because during the day I could actually do more things of the stuff I wanted to do while I was building a business, um, you know, prepping for baby and still keeping my active life because I just love movement and actually getting out and about and doing things socially. So it's been a lifesaver. So I really recommend trying one of these or all three but it's always good to start small and just doing it for at least a week. Okay, try it for a day, see how you feel, and then do it for another day, do it for another day, do it for another day. And you'll surprise yourself. You'll be like, what is going on? Not only will you have energy, too much glucose can deepen our wrinkles because of the effect it has when it, there's too much in our body. Um, she talks about a process called toasting where our cells literally start getting browner and browner as we get older. So this can slow down that process of toasting our cells. And then literally when once they're like, you know, fully toasted, we die. Old age. That's how it works. There's obviously more scientific terms behind that, but that's literally the basis of it. So if you can slow that down, it also means you have longevity of life. Reduce the wrinkles. Lots of people have um, reduced any skin outbreaks as well. PCOS has been affected by it. So they've reversed those symptoms. And obviously diabetes too, like we mentioned earlier, has been reversed using these hacks. If that's not enough proof that this bloody works, I don't know what is. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if any of these helped you out, I would love to hear your outcomes and what you've done with this information. If you took some action on it and if it's helped you, jump on my Instagram, Jackie Cuckoo. It's J-A-C-K-I-E-K-O-O-K-O-O. And as always, breathe and be brave. Breathe and be brave.